morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome back to the coaching staff, episode number 42. And with me, as always, in between graduate school assignments, summer league games, veterinary visits, tanning sessions, book readings of his own works, of course, Mr. Tony Davis. Coach Viss, how are you this fine? What is it? Is it a Tuesday afternoon? We are on a Tuesday already, yeah. Oh. Um, doing well. It's it's warm again. We had some 60s and 70s for a few days, but now we're back in the 80s, so it feels like June again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and in a good spot with uh, being busy with basketball, so that's it's a happy place. How about yourself? Uh, doing okay. It's it was uh, it was a whirlwind weekend. Uh, with my dad's 75th birthday party, uh, which was really, really awesome. Had a great time with that. Uh, my high school friends, uh, Kevin and Stacy Klein-Hesslink, their son, uh, Jaden, got married to his high school sweetheart uh, on Saturday night, and then we still had family around on Saturday morning and afternoon, and we had still had family around Sunday and drove back and uh, and then we're getting ready for our own shootout here on Thursday, so it's it's a little chaotic, Tony. It's it's sounds, a, it's a sounds little... like you need a few more things to do. I know, yeah, exactly. Uh, I've only been sitting in the same spot for two and a half hours now, working on a bunch <laughs> of different things. And after we're done here, I'll probably be here for a little while longer. You know, so uh, great stuff, great stuff. But hey, first world problems, right, buddy? Yeah, it's, it's a good good thing to be busy, especially dealing with the great sport of basketball. Absolutely. So episode number 42, Tony, I have eight uniform numbers for you this week. Uh, let's see here. I've got one, two, three, four baseballs, one, two basketballs, and two footballs. I can get about half without help. So we'll, we'll go, let's go baseball first. Yep. Jackie Robinson. Obvious one. Yep, that was the obvious one. And then I'm going to struggle with baseball after that. So I might need some help with some baseball. Okay. What other ones? Uh, uh, basketball or football? What do you got? Uh, basketball, I'm going James Worthy. Got it. Football, let's go Ronnie Lott. Got it. Um, and then, yeah, the other five, I'm, I'm going to need a little bit of help. All right. Let's go baseball first here. We got we got two ace closers, one from the late 70s and early 80s, one from the 90s and 2000s. Closers. Bruce Suter. Got it. Um, who? Mariano Rivera. Got it. Nice. Well done. You're five for five. Um, This was a tough... I didn't know whether to put this one on the list, so I won't hold it against you if you don't get this one, Tony. Um, First baseman designated hitter, Boston Red Sox, early 2000s. Late 90s, early 2000s. Red Sox, 90s, 2000. Uh, Movon. Got it. Really? Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay. And then our football and our basketball guy, both from the same era, late 60s, early 70s, was kind of their prime. Hey, it's your try. Whoa. Well, I thought it was a hit for a second. No, no, no. That's I not thought it, maybe so. final countdown. I was a little lost there. It's okay. Um, Defensive back, Miami Dolphins. Back Dolphins. Shoot, it's a tough uh, one. Yeah, I am. I am struggling on that one. Paul Warfield. Yeah, I would have got that Hall of Famer. And then basketball center, Golden State. I think they were Golden State by that time. Golden State Warriors. I think is where he spent most of his career. That's where he was most. I think he was the starting center on the seventy-five champion Golden State Warriors. Al Adels. No, I think he was the coach of that team. <laughs> uh, 
Um, shoot. I don't know on that one. All right. Uh, Seven-time All-Star. Uh, first NBA player in history to record an official quadruple double. Nate Thurmond. Thurmond. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't have come up with it, but I've heard of Nate Thurmond before. Yes, yes. Uh, most of his... Quadruple double. A quadruple double. That's according to Wikipedia, which is, you know... you go Always that. right. Yes. Second in the MVP balloting in 67. Um, uh, defensive player, you know, so forth and so on. Yeah, so... Okay. Um, yeah, so great, great NBA player. So, um, all right. Well, hey, let's jump into our topic here this week, Tony. Let's talk about coaching summer league games. And before we got on, Tony and I were discussing our our, our teams, how we're doing, how our programs are doing. And I think this is a really, really good topic for this time of the year, Tony. I love the idea that you came up with. I want to give you your flowers on this one here. This was a great topic, timely topic. Uh, that being said, Tony, I, I, I'm going to let you lead here in our in our tennis match. I'll let you go first and and kind of talk about the first important thing you want to talk about when it coaches when it comes to coaching summer league games or, or just summer games in general. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm a great thief on Twitter. Uh, go through, subscribe to, you know follow different different ones and so uh this was one basically was from the basketball teacher and okay. so what they were kind of talking about with this one in terms of like your your summer philosophy are you going to play a lot of games are you going to work on skills in your games are you playing everybody are you playing only to win you know what what's your what's kind of your philosophy on this and so you know i i look at this one in a variety of ways and i think we can take it you know different directions and stuff mm-hmm. and so you know, to me, the summer is about improving as an individual. That that yep. really is what we put a lot of emphasis on, uh, a lot of skill work and different things like that. And then once we get into the season, then it's about improving as a team. And so uh, we do we do our workouts uh, four times a week, 11 to 1. Um, and then we play a variety of games like we were talking about before we went on. You know, we've we've played eight games already and we're going to play two more tonight. We'll play, you know, here in about four hours, we'll start our league games. And so I don't want to seem like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth on this. Um, But at the same time, I think it's one of those things, you know, you hear the best way to learn how to fly an airplane is to hop in the seat and fly the airplane. Mm -hmm. And so uh, with playing games, I think that's one of the best ways that that players learn how to get better. And one of the things that we want to do in the summer a lot is we want to challenge our guys. Like we we try to play as tough a schedule as we can. And I've told them, you know, I I can't sit here and tell you what my summer record is. Heck, I don't even know if I could tell you what my regular season record is. Um, But it's about getting better. And so what I try to do like this last weekend, uh, we played three games in North Liberty is I tried we had 12, 13 guys with us and I tried to play everybody every half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last Tuesday we had 17 guys and that's, that's pretty challenging oh, wow. uh, to get all of them in for one team. Half. And so those, those things, you know, if sometimes it costs us games, which I'll be honest, the one loss that we've had this summer, um, I put everybody in and, I put it, some of the guys in at the end of the game in a, in a tough situation, and it might have cost us the game in, in terms of that. But at the same time, you know, it's about giving guys chances, it's about giving guys development because we'd love to have them come in and work out and do jump stops and form shoot and, you know, be in help side defense and make sure that we're blocking out every time defensively and, and to get a rebound and different things like that. But the big thing that they like to do is they like to play games. And so you want to give them an opportunity to play and find that balance. And that, that's the key thing there is just, you know, we know that you never graduate from a skill, uh, but at the same time, they want to play games. And so you have to give them that opportunity because that's going to help in, in you know, improve, improve and enhance their development. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you hit a lot there in your opening statement there, Counselor. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to break it down a little bit. Uh, I, I think one of the most important things, and, and it's hard. You can you can tell yourself this all you want, and then especially if it's your first first few rodeos as a head coach, uh, you get into it, 
and you say, we're not playing to win, we're playing to do this, and all of a sudden they turn on those lights and they turn on those scoreboards, and they're keeping score even in the summer, and you're going, oh, God, it'd be nice to win this, and you start getting competitive, and you start looking at the start looking at the scoreboard and, and, and things like that. Uh, here's the deal, especially for young coaches. No one is, nobody cares how many games you won in either your summer league games or your AAU record. They, they don't care. They, they do not care. One iota. Um, I, I, I think winning and losing in a lot of ways is overblown in the summertime. I, I think what you have to play to is a standard. Now, with that being said, Tony, if you're a team, like in my current situation, my first year, and again, we didn't, we weren't able to hardly do anything my first year because of COVID. I mean, we were at, the, we were right smack dab in the middle of COVID when I took over. We got to play one tournament, three games, and they shut us down the next day. Um, so, but if we'd have done more, we would have, you know, I would have made phone calls and said, hey, look, we, we've really struggled. Do not put us up against, in our area, Millard South, Elkhorn North, those type of schools. That's That does no good for anybody. I think what you look to do is schedule appropriately. And if you're looking to rebuild, you try to find some winnable games in the summer to give your kids some confidence. If you think you're going to be pretty good, really look to challenge yourself. And it might be good to lose some games in the summertime to refocus your kids and make them think that, hey, you know what? We are beatable. That'll keep, or we need to keep an edge here. And if we drop some games in the summer, that's actually going to help us in the long run. Does does that all piece together for you, Tony? Yeah. Um, you know, that's a what you're talking about there is really, really good just in terms of figuring out your team and then what you want to get out of it. Like if you, like you said, if you're in a rebuilder, you've got to find some things that are going to give you, give you success, you know, and, and that might be winning a quarter that might be doing whatever you don't want to go out and schedule above your head to where your kids just get killed and they end up throwing in the towel. And if you're a, a team that has high expectations, like you said, schedule up and you can, you get, everybody gets those team camp things that you can, you know, put what you're how good you're going to be in different things like that and so yeah i 100 percent agree with that mm-hmm. um i think team camp games summer league games all of that stuff i think that's a, a great time to experiment i i really think that it's a great opportunity for you to experiment x's and o's wise uh you know hey have an idea and, and I wish I had it. I, I might try to find it. I, I've got so much stuff going on right now, Tony. I, I had a sheet that I drew out for our first team camp. And I had it there with me to, okay, if we're going to draw something up, here's two or three things that we plan on putting in eventually. But let's draw it up and let's experiment with it and let's see if we can run it, you know, type of a thing. Um and experiment with experiment with it with kids in different places. Uh, we put in a new set in our team camp a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to run in our first team camp against other teams, and I had that on my list of things that we wanted to run as well. Uh, so I think it's a great opportunity to experiment, to work on different things, to put kids in different situations, and also. I also think it's a great opportunity to experiment with rotations and your combinations. You know, maybe right now if this were a district game, we wouldn't be playing this particular combination together. Or we wouldn't be playing these two guards together. But right now for this next five minutes, let's see what it looks like. And it's, to me, those situations are are really, uh, it's it's a win-win and, and that's because if you figure out that it doesn't work, I'd rather have it figure out that, hey, we tried this two or three times in June and it didn't work. So it's probably not going to work in January or, hey, we kind of stumbled upon something here. Let's 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 kind of keep working on it. Let's keep this in our hip pocket for January and February. Uh, so I, I think these league games, these these team camps that, that you're going to, it's a great, great opportunity to experiment with a lot of different things. What do you, what do you think about that, buddy? I agree. Um, experiment from the standpoint of, hey, different lineups. Uh, experiment from the standpoint of, 
hey, uh, let's let these guys see what they can do in this pressure pack situation, you know, at the end of a game or whatever the case may be. Um, Because, again, like you said, your your summer record is really of of no importance, to be honest with you, as a coach. Um, Experiment in terms of, uh, you know, what you want to take a look at. I think those are all good things. Like, we have three sets in that we're running offensively right now and the three have different things that we're looking for out of them one of them you get with a ball screen another one uh, we pitch back to a shooter and a third one we have a cutter that goes through first before the ball handler goes right off their backside and they're just to give the defense like a little bit of confusion are they screening me here are they pitching it back are they running you know kind of a what do you want to call a legal illegal screen on me type of thing Mm -hmm. Um, to see how defense is going to react to that a little bit. Um, And then defensively, we are pretty, we are pretty vanilla uh, right now. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it, what we're trying to do is to teach them how to play, not how to run plays. Uh, Today we messed around a little bit with our, our press. We haven't pressed at all this summer. I don't know if we will, Um, but just one of those things where, uh, like you said, Let's just experiment and see what happens here and and what we might be able to stumble upon and what we can cross off the list. Now, I I do think, Tony, um, are are you looking, and again, you're kind of taking your marching orders from from John. Do do you anticipate pressing? Um, Because I also think in that experimentation, I think like for us, we really plan on really, really attacking the ball for 94 feet next year. So we're going to experiment with three or four different presses and work on them and see how they look as they as we go throughout the season. I, I know one of them we're pretty doggone good at right now. So I really want to sprinkle in these other two, especially to make sure that, uh, or you know, I know we can do this. Let's work on this and this right now under a game setting, and let's see how it develops as we move forward. How, how are you guys attacking that type of stuff? Um, you know, John gives me a lot of freedom uh, to kind of do what I want to do, uh-huh. and our press is it's fairly complex, and so uh, w- with not having a ton of time to just, I mean, it's something, to be honest with you, Marty, that when we start in November, we'll work on the press every single night for probably a couple weeks before we get into the season mm-hmm. um, and before we even break it out. And it's just something that's kind of hard with hit and miss because you know we've we've had good numbers come in. I've seen 20, 20 some different of our sophomores. I'm guessing we'll have 30 some guys out. So I've seen wow. the vast majority of them. Um, but they're kind of hit and miss. Like I might see this group of 10 to 15 guys one day and then I might see a handful of different guys another day. Yeah. And so there's really not a lot of like rhyme and reason and consistency with it. And so that's why we haven't chosen to press a little bit. Plus, to be honest with you, I feel like if you can guard man to man in the half court, you can pretty much run any type of defense you want, to be yep. honest. Yep, absolutely. Agree with you there, buddy. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or order from our website, a pen and a napkin.com. Be sure to check out the A Pen and a Napkin Video Library. What else you got? Um, you know, and, and the thing that I would go back to, and this is kind of where I was, was started out, and I kind of, you know, burped a lot of a lot of stuff out there, is, you know, one of the things that we want to make sure that we do is we are putting some time in when fundamentals as well. I feel like, you know, if you play a ton of games, and, and I, I, you know, we're going to play over 20 games in the month of June alone. But I feel like if you play a ton of games and you don't work on skills, all you're really doing is reinforcing bad habits. Yep. And so yep. we we make sure that during our two hours, you know, and again, talking about balance, doing what we know is necessary and important, but at the same time, trying to give them an opportunity to do what they want. But we'll work on some fundamentals and skills for probably an hour and 15 minutes, Monday through Thursday with them. And then for 30 to 45 minutes, we'll play some. 
Mm -hmm. um, and let them go against each other because one of the things that you're taking a look at in the summer too is competition. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, with us and our numbers, we've got to figure out who are our guys and where are the battles going to be for starting positions to be in the rotation and stuff like that. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we're equipping them with, with fundamentals so that they can get out there and, and be able to be successful while they're on the court and aid in that development. Um, you know, and, and just the importance of being inconsistently too, because if you're, you're sporadic, you're, you're, you're not going to make the, you're going to make little incremental jumps rather than those big jumps. And with where they are as, you know, 14, 15, 16 years of age, they just really need to be inconsistently working on their game. But when you're, they're also playing football and they're also, you know, on the baseball team and we have summer baseball here in Iowa, uh, it's, it's very much hit and miss. Yeah. I, uh, I really like that, Tony. I, 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 I wrote this down and kind of related to that. You are coaching up to the standard, not to the product, okay? So as an example, you're talking about fundamentals. And even when, you, when you're playing in these summer league games and summer uh, team camps, you are still emphasizing, and even more so, emphasizing the right way to play the game and finding kids that are going to, to play the game the right way. So I'll give you an example of, of what I'm thinking here on this bullet point, and, and, and let me know what you think of this, Tony. Um, we were playing a game in our first team camp last week, and we were up pretty handily. And we had gotten to the point where we weren't pressing anymore, uh, and we had fallen back because you know we were comfortably ahead. So, but we went through about a forty-five second sequence where we had a bad turnover, a defensive breakdown, and then one of my kids came down and threw a really sloppy one-handed pass out of bounds when she, you know, if she takes it, chins it the way she's been taught, makes a good, makes a good fundamental pass. It's a right pass, and it's probably for a layup, but she got a little, she got lazy with it, just took it right off the hip and fired the one-handed pass, okay? So I called a timeout, and I just, you know, hey, we've got to play up to our standard here. Uh, You know, that was a sloppy turnover here. We've got to communicate and do things the right way here on defense. You know, Mary, you, you none of this one-handed stuff. That's We're not doing that here, you know, and that type of thing. And it was just, and I didn't jump on him. I, I talked to him like this, Tony. I didn't raise my voice in any way, shape, or form. But it was just worrying about those the, the standard and fundamentals and striving for improvement on every single rep that you have in the summertime, whether it's in a, a skill session like you're talking about, or you're playing, I think that is so vitally, vitally important to establish that high-end culture because that's what's going to carry you in, in February and March. I 100% agree. Um, you know, one of the things I would, I would kind of add into what you're talking about is if a kid makes a mistake, you know, in terms of crap, I forgot to set a screen here, or, you know, we try to play fast. And so if they turn the ball over, trying to pitch the ball ahead to a teammate, I'm 100% fine with that right Mm -hmm. now. I really am. Um, But if they don't play hard, I'll sub them out. If they, you know, like we had a kid last week, we're playing and the other team knocked down, I don't know, it was over 10 threes on us. And it just seemed like he was the primary defender on I'll say 80% of the plays and he never like got into them, like closed the airspace. He didn't close out with a high hand. So I subbed him out and he probably played two or three minutes that half and I didn't put him back in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I didn't yell at him. I mean, I just talked about, Hey, you're three to five feet off. You know, how many are they going to hit before you decrease the airspace there? And then the other thing too, run them off the line and trust your teammates that if they go by you, your teammates going to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was like that, that was about the, the, you know, the loudness of the conversation with them, but yeah, I mean, you want to hold them to a standard. And the one thing that I'll do sometimes in the summer is I let them play. Like if they are, you know, we're not, we're not doing whatever I let them play and try to, and, and try to let them figure it out a little mm-hmm. bit. It might yeah. be a quarter break. It might be halftime when I address it, or if the other team takes a timeout with them, um, but I don't bail them out with timeouts very often this summer. I try to 
let them figure that out because I feel like that's when your leaders leadership develops. And for us, you know, I get them for a year. And so I, you know, I, I know them a little bit their freshman year. Um, you know, I'll come in and watch their games. My daughter is one of the freshman coaches. So I'm in there a, a decent amount. But I don't know, really know who their leaders are in terms of the day in, day out. And so I try to find that out a little bit in the summer, like who's going to hold their teammates accountable for effort and for closeouts and for different things like that. And so that's something that I'll kind of mess around a little bit with as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my kids hear that a lot. Figure it out. Hey, you know, and, and in most situations, Tony, when you're coaching a summer league game or a team cam game, you only get like two timeouts a game. You know, yep. so so it's not like you have all these opportunities to burn a bunch of timeouts to do a bunch of teaching. Uh, it's it's yeah, hey, figure it out, gang. You know, get after it there. So, um, I also think Tony, one of the big things that you should do in the summer uh, when you're playing in these games is. Uh, be really, really fluid with your rosters. Be fluid with your rotations, but be really fluid with your rosters. Now is a great opportunity to, okay, um, we're bringing 18 kids to a team camp, as an example. Here's a, It's a good number, okay? And so you're going to have nine on your varsity, nine on your JV, let's say. Okay? You take players 8, 9, 10, and 11, and you tell them, all right, for the first two games, eight and nine, you're going to play with the varsity. And then the last game, we're going to flip you with 10 and 11 because I want to see what's going on here. And you tell them that before you even start, as an example, just to just to see what you got. It's it's a win-win situation. And, and a lot of times you want to see what you have during the summertime. A lot of times it's a good opportunity to see what you don't have in a kid as well. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but... If, if you put a kid out there for two or three varsity situations, let's say, and you're not really sure if they're ready for varsity yet, and they kind of get, you know, kind of get it handed to them pretty well, um, it's okay. You know, that kind of, now again, you don't want to shut the door on a kid at that point because it is June and there's a lot of growth between June and November and December. I'm not saying that, but it's an indicator. You know, it's it's a factor, uh, as is if they play well, it's, it's, it's a good thing. You know, Hey, you've got some confidence here. Great job. Great job in your, in your quote unquote varsity debut. Good work. Uh, let's keep this going here. That type of thing. So, you know, I'm not a big believer in just narrowing in your rosters on June the 1st and Hey, this is the way it's going to be. I think you lose your edge. I think players lose their edge. Uh, I, I realize that there is, part of that that you could say well we you know here's we really want to roll with these eight or nine kids and I realize that a lot of teams are in a situation where coach we don't even have eight or nine we don't have 12 kids that we're picking from we're lucky to have six or seven believe me I understand that that you know but if you have the opportunity to shuffle some kids in and out to give them multiple looks at different levels I, I think that's a great this is a great time to do that type of stuff yeah and ours is a little bit different um you know, we don't necessarily go to team camps with each other. Like we have our sophomore league. Uh, John ran to mm-hmm. Ankeny Centennial for his shootout. We went to Mount Vernon. Uh, John went to Grandview. We went to Liberty. And so we're sometimes not together that way, yep. but we do work out together. So like mm-hmm. 11 to 1, noon to 2, whatever the times happen to be, we do work out. And the other day we were talking, he's like, you know, you don't have to do the same stuff that we do, but – I, I let my kids be with his kids for a couple different reasons. Number one, I think the biggest jump from the sophomore level to the varsity level is the speed of the game. You bet. And I want them to be able to experience that. Like, hey, they play really fast. And if you want to be on the floor for him in a year or two, you've got to make that adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, too, is they get to go against the guys who are all state caliber and like, hey, that guy's in here all the time. They put a lot of effort in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not just here during these two hours. They came in early, got some shots up. They'll stick around late. I think it's good for them to be around that. And then the other thing, too, is if my guys have success against his guys, it lets John see them them there as well. Yeah. And so I think that's important from the workout standpoint. And then also, you know, if, if John gets ready to go to something – 
and for whatever reason some guys can't make it hey this sophomore kid looked good maybe i'll throw him a bone if you will and invite him to go with this and he can be our eighth ninth tenth guy or whatever uh the situation may be mm-hmm. uh I like that, Tony. We're in the same situation this week, uh, where we're the our, our varsity group, quote unquote, varsity is playing on Thursday, and our JVs are playing on Friday. So we're we're separate. But everything else that we've done, we've gone to we're, we we're, we have gone to, or we are going to be in the same places every single time. So we 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 have a little bit of that flexibility as well. So uh, I have one more big thing that I'd like to talk about, Tony. What do you got? I got one more as well. Okay. Do um, you want me to go? Yeah, I'll let you go uh, first on uh, this one. Um, I, I wrote down, uh, have an eye on January and February in June. And again, that kind of comes down to the standard. Uh, what are you thinking? What is going to get you? What do you need to teach in June that is going to help you in January and February? And and so here's here's the example that I'll use on this. I'll, I'll go back to our team camp from last week. Uh, we played we played two games pretty close to one another. We played, you know, all things considered. I was very pleased with the way that we played in those first two games. And then we had a pretty big layoff between our second game and our third game. And we just didn't have the spark. We just didn't have the energy, so forth and so on. And we came out and we were down to a pretty decent team. I, I want to say it was like 17, 18, 19 to 10 or something like that with about 12 minutes left in the second half. These were kind of shorter games, uh, running clock, that type of thing. And we called a timeout because we were just we were just not ourselves, especially on the defensive end. And I just told our kids, again, not raising my voice, hey, this, this matters. You know, we have to figure this out. There, there you go with that phrase, Tony, figure it out. Uh, we, you know, They've played just as much as we have today. They've played two and a half games. We've played two and a half games. They're tired. We're tired. There's going to be times, there's going to come a time in January, February, where we don't have it in the same way, whatever that may be. And you're going to have to compete. And so let's get back out here and let's compete. And and let's, because this this is, these next 12 minutes are going to say a lot about what we're going to do in January and February. And that's the way I phrased it to the, to the kids in this time out. And I was really proud of our kids. They came out. They really competed. They picked up their energy level. Uh, we found a spark, and you know we. And again, I'll I'll use air quotes. We won the game. And whether we would have won the game or not, I was pleased that we fought back when we we far and away we did not play our best. We didn't play it. We didn't do what we are good at. And we still found a way to compete when a lot of things were going against us. And that gives me a pretty good feeling after one day of what we are capable of. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to have success in January, February, but I feel like that shows us a little bit of what this group is capable of doing with that type of mentality. And so that's what I mean when when you're coaching these games in June, uh, have that eye on January and February in that regard. Yeah, and mine's mine's in that same vein, but a little bit different is, you know, with with us, you know, it's it's not required that you come in. Like you you can't hold it against a kid if they don't come in in the summer. It's us, highly us encouraged. Um, and if you're serious about playing and stuff like that, it, it you know it's it's a it's got to be something that's there. Um, but what it shows a lot of times in the summer is those kids who are committed to your program, those kids who are committed to the sport of basketball, they're in there. Um, you know, I've got a handful plus of kids. We've gone, I think we were talking today, uh, 10, 11, 12 different dates that we've gone already here in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I've got a handful plus of kids that haven't missed already. And so when you get ready to go into the season, that's got to be something that you keep in your mind as well. Is there a commitment that you can count on them, you know, type of thing they've been in and, you know, and I'm not saying that a kid who, you know, doesn't come in all summer or shows up on day one, just a freak athletically, very, very gifted uh, that you're going to hold something against them. Maybe they're playing summer baseball. Maybe that's their passion, their love, whatever the case may be. 
But, you know, in terms of things, the summer reveals some things about kids, what their commitment level is They're You know, because we've got kids, like I said, they're playing summer baseball, but also doing three days a week with football workouts at six o'clock in the morning and still making everything that we're doing on top of that. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that 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 stuff needs to weigh in there and, and carry some some gravity with it as well. Those freak athletes that walk in on the first day of practice, you were, you were talking about yourself, Tony. You can go ahead and admit that, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that w- I would almost probably be the exact opposite. <laughs> hey, look, we got a new manager. It's it's Tony. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat too, buddy. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. So, uh, but hey, you know who's not in that boat? Obviously, you're up there, the freak athlete. They are freaks. They are freakishly good at what they do, what they did, what they will forever be known for. It is Europe. It is time for the coaching staff trivia. Mr. Viss, are you ready for your question this week, sir? I, I got it, don't I? Am I the one that came up, that's coming up with the question, or am I the one that's got to answer? I thought you had the question last week. Are Let you me... sure? Yay. Yeah, because you asked me about Three on three. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Crap. Well, yeah. I, I had a good one today. It was well, really easy. Okay. Well, I tell you, we can do more than one trivia question. All right. I'll let you go first. Okay. You ready? All right. Let's let's see how your trivia question goes, and we'll see if we want to do your trivia. Or my, okay. Let's see how my trivia question goes, and we'll see if we want to do yours. All right? Okay. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Last night, Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship Four games to one. Um, Really, really, really good basketball team. Uh, One of the really cool stories that comes out of this is one of the Nuggets players is a guy by the name of Jeff Green. Uh, Been on numerous teams, eight teams, actually. Or no, 11 teams. Sorry, 11 teams. And uh, he's been in the league 16 years. I think he set out like a whole season because he had heart issues. Yeah, and, early in his career. Yeah, and uh, he was a high. He was a very high draft pick. I think he was drafted like number four, number five overall. Uh, bounced around the league, obviously. Uh, obviously, eleven teams in, in sixteen seasons. Uh, he won his first NBA championship last night as a member of the Denver Nuggets. Trivia for this week, Tony: What NBA player had the longest career and yet never won an NBA championship? Carl Malone. That is incorrect. Huh. He is an all-star level player, multiple multi all-star player. Oh boy. I am stumped on this one because I thought because Carl never won it, did he? Nope, he never did. Um, won an Olympic gold medal. Yeah, with the dream team. No, the 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 answer. 
Uh, oh. the, the, yeah, not, well, Carl Malone did too, yes. Um, but this player also won a gold medal. Um, trying to see, I, I'm trying to think of a hint that wouldn't give it away. Uh, he played, uh, he played for 22 years. Oh, 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 here's one for you. Only NBA player to ever play in four different decades. I'm stumped on this one, Marty. Yeah. Um, made his name. Uh, the two teams he's probably most associated with are the Toronto Raptors and the New Jersey Nets. Vince Carter. Vince Carter. There you go. See, I knew I'd give it away. if I, I, I couldn't think of anything that uh, – I couldn't think of a hint in between what I gave you. You know, because uh, I know once I w- went there, I, I had a, I thought you'd have a good chance at that one. Yep, twenty-two years, eight teams, wow. zero NBA championships. Huh. So, that's the answer. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You ready for this one? I'll give it a go. Okay. The Nuggets became the second former team from the ABA to win an NBA World Championship. Yep. Who was the first? Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. See, I told you it was low on the bottom shelf there. It was going to be an easy one. Yeah. I thought it might be the Flint Tropics. <laughs> uh, Jackie wasn't with them. <laughs> yeah. 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 He finally. Uh, we were going to do semi pro for the, uh, the film room, uh-huh. and it was just too much. Uh, just could not, could not go with, with some of the content in the film. I just could not. It would have been difficult to talk about in that setting. How about that? We're just we're okay. just we're just gonna leave it at that. But little PG, uh, way beyond PG, <laughs> way way beyond PG. So, uh, reactions, Tony, to uh, NBA Finals. Uh, like I said, we're recording this on Tuesday. By the time folks hear this, uh, there's there's gonna be uh, some fallout and 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 some some retrospection on on what happened here but uh all in all uh the series kind of went the way i thought it would we had talked after game two and Mm -hmm. even though denver lost game two uh, i still felt pretty good about them in in the in the vein of man miami's gonna have to do this at least a cup and i think i said this last week i think miami's gonna have to do this at least a couple more times you know make 17 out of 33s uh for for this to to extend to six or seven games. Um, that's that's the way I felt. I, I thought Denver was really, really impressive. Uh, Jokic is good at basketball. Uh, not bad. Not, not bad. Um, he might start for me. Yeah. He, 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 would he get minutes at Kennedy? Uh, a couple. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I just thought it was uh, just a really, really well-rounded performance by the Nuggets. And I think... Uh, I think Spolster said it last night. I thought we played really, really well, and it still wasn't good enough. Uh, and and that's and we just lost to the better team. And I thought Spolster and the Heat were really classy and yep. gave the credit to the Nuggets. Um, you you don't see that a ton today, mm-hmm. and so I, I would want to say kudos to that. Um, I think you're going to see some some big time changes in Miami. Um, I think there'll be a major player in the offseason trying to get another superstar to pair with Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing that really kind of let him down in the finals was the guys like Struess and Vincent and Martin played really well in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, he only missed by a vote of being the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals and he really didn't have that much of an impact in the finals. And again, that's more of a credit to Denver yeah. um, in terms of what they did. But I thought... Bam was really good. Jimmy was was pretty good. The thing I'll give with Jimmy, too, like somebody asked him, you know, hey, uh, what percentage were you? How was the ankle? He's like, dude, I'm fine. They were just the better team. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, I just really respected the way that the Heat conducted themselves after. Um, and then the other thing, you know, because the NBA and professional sports in general 
it's a copycat league. Mm-hmm. And the way that the Nuggets play through Jokic as a point center yeah. is very unique. Yeah. And so I'll be interested to see um, the impact from that standpoint. And, you know, and Jokic was the 41st pick in the draft. They were showing on Twitter today that when he was drafted, they were showing a, a commercial, a Taco, Taco Bell. Bell commercial. Yeah. Um, you know, as they ran across that Denver selects with number 41, Jokic. Uh, but the other thing, too, is the way the, the Nuggets are constructed. You have a dynamic duo, Jokic and Murray, and then you've got really nice pieces around them that fit. Yep. You know, whether that's uh, Caldwell Pope, whether that is Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. or Aaron Gordon. And give Aaron Gordon credit. I mean, the guy was, I think, the fourth pick in the draft, and he comes in and basically is good with you know sharing the ball and being a lockdown defender mm-hmm. and just became a star in his role and then you go to the bench and those bench guys really bought into what they did i'll be interested to see what happens with bruce brown because he's going to be a hot commodity yep and his salary could almost double and I, if it does i don't know if denver is going to be able to keep him yeah yeah that's that he was he was the perfect signee for that, I think they call it the mid-level exp- exception or something like yep. that. And, you know, he just fit like a glove. Uh, and, yeah, I agree with you on everything that you said there, Tony. I I, I think this was just a very, very well-constructed team. And, you know, you are talking about Jokic playing that point center. Bam did a lot of that, not to the level of Jokic, but Bam did a lot of that for Miami as well, as has... Giannis for uh, Milwaukee. Now, all three of those guys are, you know, unicorn. And, you know, that's the, that, that's the phrase that, that, that has been around for the last few years, you know, trying to find that unicorn that can do so many things, you know, play like a center or have a center size but a, a guard skill level, you know, type of a thing. And I think Porzingis was kind of the first big one. Now, his career hasn't turned out the way that it has for these other guys. Uh, but like you say, it's a copycat league, and it'll be interesting to see. I think, and I don't want to spoil our, our, our idea for next week, but uh, I, I really think that uh, there's a lot of things that you could take from both of these teams. And I, I liked how Miami handled themselves. Uh, I, I think that you know, Denver is is just, and they made a point of it multiple times when they traded for Aaron Gordon a couple years ago. Uh, I think they went on an eight zero run. They won eight games in a row, and then Jamal Murray tore his ACL at the end of a game against Golden State. And you know, when they got the whole band together, and when Murray finally got healthy. It, it's, it shouldn't be surprising that they went on this type of run because what we had seen in that little window, like, <clears throat> excuse me, this is what we're capable of. This is what we can do. And again, just th- this team was really, really well constructed and, and played the game the right way. Um, it was an ugly game last night, and they found a way to win a game that was not in their wheelhouse. And I think that is what champions do is when their when their strengths are still when their strengths are taken away they still found a way to win it and and that was yeah, really impressive to see 57 percent from the free throw line and then didn't seem like they could throw you know make a three if they're in the you know throw it in the ocean from the three-point line if they had fallen out of a boat i don't know if they would have hit water but they went back to their identity of a grinded out defensive team mm-hmm. and just did a fantastic job. I thought Mike Malone did a really nice job, pushed all the right buttons. But I also give credit to his players. He allowed them to coach them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think both both teams had that. And again, we don't want to give away too much for next week's pod. But I, I, I think there's there even though Denver won, there are common threads between both franchises and and 100%. how they and how they reach this point. Um, so uh, I don't know, let's, let's not give away the, let's not give away the farm before we get there, Tony, you know, so maybe, maybe we, maybe we should hit the pause button on this one here. So, uh, but congratulations, Denver. Uh, anything else, uh, this week in, in basketball, Tony, um, that's, that's, that's happening. Uh, you know, the WNBA season is, is rolling along. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, that that's always a, a and interesting to watch that and see the development of that league. You know, they're talking about adding teams because you're seeing players that get drafted like fourth or fifth overall. And I even think somebody who was drafted number one overall, they got cut from a WNBA roster. So they need to start to expand and, and add some new teams in there. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then like we kind of alluded to earlier, uh, the NBA offseason with the draft and free agency and trades and stuff like that. Yeah. That's always a fun, fun time as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a lot. We'll, we'll, we'll have a ton to talk about without a doubt here. Um, so by the time we record, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see when we record again, but we could have the draft under our belt at that point. We'll definitely have some draft rumors and probably some trades rolling around. Uh, so it should be good stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll have a lot to continue to talk about, even in June and July when we're talking about basketball here. So uh, anything else this week, Tony? Anything else that you want to recap? Yeah, the only thing I would mention again, you know, going back to that balance thing with the summer program, there has to be balance between skill work and playing games Mm -hmm. and i hope that people understand that the the whole skill thing you know you you obviously with working snow valley know show really well and one of the my favorite catchphrases that show had is you never graduate from a skill Mm -hmm. and hopefully as young people continue to develop you know we're going to work on layups. Well, why are we doing layups? No, no, we're going to work on layups just because it's so very, very important. How many games are lost by missed layups? And you're working on different finishes and stuff like that. You take a look at Baylor and what they do with putting different spots up on the backboard to try to shoot it up high off so it doesn't get blocked and stuff like that. But anyway, just making sure that skill time during the summer is a high priority. Yep. And I think you can do that through skill workouts. I think you 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 still need to play those games. Uh, we try to keep that balance. One day of skill, one day of, of games. Uh, we 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 only have in our situation because we're a smaller school. We only have two days a week with our kids. That's that's what we've agreed to as a as a coaching staff. And I think it works well for our kids in our situation. Uh, so today uh, we did a lot of shooting. We we did a lot of skill work. Everything was skill work. Uh, we 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 worked uh, a little bit on some defense, but it was one on one. You know, it was not three on three, five on five. We'll get that on Thursday when we host our deal at our place. You know, so uh, I, I think there's a lot there. Uh, games are important, and and the games are important now, but they're also important for your big picture. And I, and I hopefully you took uh, a lot of the stuff that we talked about here today and apply them to your program and to your team. So. Uh, Great episode, episode number 42. Uh, Great stuff as always, Tony. Uh, Well done. And uh, we'll just keep the train rolling next week. Sound good, buddy? Sounds good, buddy. All right. Uh, Coaches, hope you enjoyed this episode. A lot of really good things uh, bantered about here by Tony and I. Hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully you'll take some things under uh, your wings and, and, and you go from there. So, coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day.